Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breitler. Chris, if you were arrested with no explanation and nobody knew why, what would your friends and family think you got arrested for? Oh my God, this one is, uh, ooh, what would they think I got arrested for? I don't know. You know what? Honestly, probably a road rage incident. <laughs> that, that would be, that would be for sure. My wife, my wife would think it had something to do with road rage. Oh my God. He, what did he do while he was driving yesterday? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I living in Chicago for, uh, how many years yeah. was I there? Six or seven years. I mean, you just sort of, you know, you, when you come from a small town, like we, we both grew up in a small town. And then when you move mm-hmm. to a place like Chicago, you just got to learn to drive differently. Otherwise, oh, yeah. you're going to get you're going to get eaten alive. And so, you know, part of that is you kind of harden up a little bit. You get a shell on you and, you know, <laughs> you, you have to talk some shit every now and then and, and be ready to defend yourself. And I brought that back with me from Chicago back to Michigan. Oh, that's funny, so, dude. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Horn, a lot of horn usage in Chicago. Or, oh, no, or? no, no. There's no horn. There's no it's horn. All, it's all gestures. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's all gestures and mouth, you know, mouthing what it is you you're trying to convey. I, I try to avoid the horn because I drive a Honda Civic and it's just so <laughs> pansy. It's you like, know what? <laughs> I'm like, what's interesting is I used to drive a Honda Civic hybrid and, and I oh. bought that because I lived in the city. Yeah, and yeah. And I remember one specific road rage incident where a guy had cut me off and I was trying to get around him and I floored it and there just was no juice and the dude was like next to me like laughing because my car just couldn't, it <laughs> yeah, couldn't, couldn't, get, go. couldn't get by him. So, yeah, man. You know, yeah, I don't. I definitely don't drive the Civic to win races and impress people. But it's yeah. uh, you know, hey, I bought it brand new. It's mine. I paid it off in a few handful of years, and I'm gonna drive it till the wheels fall off, dude. This is a funny. This is funny. So I, I had no idea what you were gonna say for your question, but I actually fall back on an actual incident that happened in college. Uh, I was 20 years old sitting at my apartment had just gotten off of work was drinking a beer obviously not supposed to be doing that at 20 but i was and uh knock on the door open it up cops come in uh does brandon brown live here i'm like <laughs> uh Who? i'm like yeah that's me they're like uh you're under arrest if you could please come with us and i was like oh no so to to go along with this question I had I had no idea what it was for. No idea. So I started going through like, dude, and when you're in college, I mean, you do some stuff here and there. You know, like sure. I was I was using like a fake ID. I was drinking <laughs> on, at that moment underage, and like, who knows if I had done something at a party? Like, dude, it was like a movie playing in my head, trying to yeah. figure out what I had just been arrested for. And finish out the story, like a a couple weeks or a month before that, I think I got pulled over for not using my blinker most innocuous you know mistake ever cop came up said you know i'm pulling you over you didn't use your blinker i told him it was broken which it wasn't i was just trying to get out of the ticket so he he gave me a fix it ticket which like for anybody who hasn't had one you go get it fixed you take it to the courthouse or wherever they sign off on it if you can prove that your problem has been resolved and you you that you get off with no points and no fee or no fine or anything like that so since my blinker wasn't actually broken, I called my uncle who is a cop and was like, Hey, can you just take care of this for me? 
He's like, yeah, send it to me. So I mailed it to him. My uncle left me out to dry, bro. He never took care of it. And like literally a, cu- a couple of weeks later, a month later, whenever it was, the cops came to my freaking house and arrested me, dude. Like Unreal. I was, like I was cooking meth in the basement or something. It was nuts, bro. They took me. It was like in March or something. So it was kind of cold out. I remember I had like shorts and a t-shirt on in the house. I was like, can I go get changed? You know, put some p- clothes on that's like appropriate. They they came downstairs with me to watch me get dressed thinking I was like a flight risk or something. I'm like, what the hell is this? I didn't even know what it was for. It was so wild, dude. But yeah. anyway, if, if that happened today, if I got arrested on the spot and nobody knew what it was for, uh, man, dude, I'm not a very violent guy. Like I have a short temper, but I'm not like a fighter. I don't really know if my family would have a guess. I, I would think maybe something with like, you know, Brandon finally just lost it. You know, he always talked about <laughs> wanting to cook meth when you got into Breaking Bad and maybe he just finally went that route. Whatever um, it was, it was just you finally snapping, right? Yeah, you know, yeah like, I think so. He just you know, snapped, yeah. I really connected with Walter White because he was like a, you know, a struggling science teacher and so was I. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I was like, dude, I'm cooking meth. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going the meth route, dude. I can't handle this, this teaching job anymore. But no, I don't know. I like, I don't really think I break laws. So it's kind of a, I'm, you know, I'm pretty pretty straight and arrow kind of guy but road rage a little bit here and there but i don't even freaking hardly drive anymore either that's another thing i'm at the house like all the time but anyway thought that was a funny question road rage for chris i'm probably starting like a drug empire that's what i'll go with you know (laughs) try to make try to make some big bucks make a quick buck yours is yours is way more interesting than mine yeah i I mean that's not very realistic i don't really know i'll have to you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna ask my sister maybe my mom or my dad i'll ask them that question and see what they think see what they see what they think happen we'll talk about that on the next on the next episode all right let's get into some real stuff now first one not the greatest of news in the world michigan fans at this point have heard about this and read about it uh per the guys over at the wolverine.com will johnson in Michigan's, you know, gem of the 2022 recruiting class, in-state kid, legacy guy, um, is going to take an official visit to USC. And so this is, uh, USC was one of his finalists. He's really good friends with Domani Jackson, another five-star cornerback who's committed to the Trojans. And now it looks like Will Johnson is going to check it out for himself. You know, uh, so I guess first things first, just thoughts. When, when you heard that, saw it pop up on social media, and now we know that it's actually – it's actually going to happen. Uh, initial thoughts are, you know, you would prefer that he doesn't obviously mm-hmm. take the visit, but, you know, given the way recruiting is nowadays and, um, you know, whether he takes a visit or he doesn't take, take a visit, nothing is guaranteed. And at the end of the day, um, I, I am for these kids taking every single opportunity to go see the country and see different campuses. But obviously when you're somebody who's rooting for Michigan and has an interest in this kid coming to Michigan, um, you know, you'd prefer him not to go, especially yeah. with a guy like Damani Jackson out there waiting for him. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel awesome. I know Michigan fans are going to be like, Oh God, get him back and get him back to the state as soon as possible. You know, make yeah. it, maybe there's a, some bad weather out there or something that spoils his trip a little bit. I mean, like I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. These kids, you know, for high school kids who are top, top flight recruits now, like it's like a job, man. They are yeah. at it. They are grinding all the time. They work so hard at it. It's, it's all they do. It's their life. And they've earned this opportunity to go see wherever they want to see. And it's on the school's dime and they get to take some, some friends and family with them. And it just gets to turn into a pretty awesome experience. And especially for these kids in this 2022 group and the 2021s who are already signed and some are on campus, like they didn't get any of that at all because of COVID, like so much of what they've been doing has been shut down and squashed because of the pandemic. And I mean, the dead period is, is ending in two days or three days, whatever, June 1st. Uh, so for the first time, 
these these kids are going to be able to take official visits and check some things out and set foot on campus and meet the coaches that they've been. You know, in some cases, these guys have been recruited by staffs that they've never met in person. It's crazy to think about. So I, I'm with you from one angle. More power to Will Johnson and his family. Go see whatever you want to see. Go check out another place. Go take a trip to Cali. Enjoy it. Live it up. But, yeah, at the same time, like Michigan fans and the staff, they have got to be thinking, like, good God, I hope it doesn't go well, and I hope this is all just part of his process and he wants to see some things. But at the end of the day, he's going to sign with the Wolverines. Look, this is a this is a layup. The, the, I don't I don't care how highly ranked he is. He is ranked extremely high. He's one of the best corners in the country. Everybody wants him. But Will Johnson to Michigan is a layup. He's he's he goes to Detroit Country Day. I'm sorry, Girls Point South, wrong school. Girls Point South. He's a legacy kid. He's he's been around the program and the campus for a while already. I mean, these are the kind of kids that like the home state school absolutely have to land. Yeah. Now, if they don't, it looks really bad. It's a, I mean, and, and shoot, man, with what's going on at Michigan, all the overhaul, all the changes, everything that's, you know, that was there and started out with Will Johnson during the beginning of this process is not there anymore is different. And dude, and depending on how the season plays out, I mean, this is, if I was, a, if I was a, on the Michigan staff or I was a Michigan fan who had a deep, deeply rooted interest in recruiting, I'd be, I'd be worried. I mean, see, I, I think that's fair. And and that's what makes me the most nervous is not necessarily the fact that he's, you know, going out West to check out the campus, but we still have a season of football yeah. to play. And, and if, you know, if Michigan doesn't look every bit, the part of a, you know, at least a big 10 contender, uh, that's probably going to change a few minds because at this point, if, if it falls apart in 2021, now you're looking at, you don't know who's going to be there next year. This, this thing is hanging by a thread and it's not necessarily the most ideal situation to walk into as, you know, a college freshman, not knowing if your coach is going to be there next year, the year after um, they just, you know, not to get too far off track, but for a number of reasons, it's so important that, that Michigan has a good season this year. Yeah. I mean, if Michigan goes out there and goes four and eight or five and seven, or even six and six and gets throttled by Ohio state and has, you know, all the national people talking about what's going on in Ann Arbor, Jim Harbaugh's yeah. in his worst spot he's been in all of that. It's going to be really hard for a kid like Will Johnson, who's got every option imaginable to stick it out. I, I just, uh, yeah, you're right. To to correct it on the field, win some games, and and all this stuff works itself out, and, and yeah. there won't be a reason for him to look around because there are so many reasons for him to go to Michigan. Like I said, this is the layup type of kid down the street. Yeah. The the dad played at Michigan. He's been a U of M guy his whole life. He's a highly highly motivated academic kid, great character kid. I mean, all the stuff that Michigan claims to be about on the recruiting trail, the pool of kids that Michigan recruits from Will Johnson is like the poster child. He, he is it, man. He's super talented as well. You throw that in there and it's like, you can't miss on this kid. So yeah, I mean, you know, he's going to enjoy himself USC from, I've never been there personally, but you know, the campus is amazing. It's in LA. It's, you know, it's Southern California. He's got a buddy out there. I mean, he's going to, uh, he's going to have a great time. He's not going to be disappointed when he goes out there. Sure. It's a long, long way from home. Michigan does have that working in its favor, but I'd be worried. I'd be worried. And as someone who used to cover recruiting exclusively, that would be my, that would be what I was watching for as this thing unfolds. And as the season gets ready to start up as kind of, you know, and talking to Will a little bit here and there, seeing him at his games or whatever it might be. If I was still on that, on that beat all the time, 
I would start looking into that stuff a lot because it's it's not ideal. Like you said, I think the very first words out of your mouth was, well, you'd rather him not. You'd <laughs> <laughs> rather him not be going out there. And I think sure. that's I think that's a that's a really good way to put it. Just you'd, you'd rather him not be taking these visits. But at the end of the day, go do it, man. On a personal yeah. level, go do it, enjoy it, and have fun. Um, you put something up on this. I mean, this is not news at this point. This is one of the one of the reasons why I did want to jump on yesterday was because of the Hunter Dickinson announcement. Uh, Michigan's star freshman big man is going to test the NBA draft waters, and I think this is a. I mean, the, with the with the new rule where you can hire an agent if it's approved by the NCAA, figure out figure out as much as you can, and then still come back and play. Like, do it. I mean, do this all day, every day. Everybody who's in this position, absolutely do it. But this is another. I think it's the same thing. You'd rather, rather him not. Yeah, you'd rather him not do it. So yeah. I don't know. I don't remember if you had any specific details written up in the story. I know you put the quote up in there, but what was what's the like? I don't, I don't, I don't love the vibe here, man. Like a month ago, I was like, "Oh, he's coming back." There's no doubt about it. He's not ready. He's coming back, hundred percent. I don't feel that way anymore, man, and that sucks. Yeah, he he definitely didn't seem like a guy who. Let me put it this way: He wants to go to the NBA. I don't think that's a shock to any of these big time uh, they, 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 college they basketball do. players. Yeah. They all want to go. Yeah, he. You know, when he said his heart was with the NBA, you know, I've been pretty confident that he was coming back as well. Even when this announcement came out, I figured like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't you want to start to build on some of those relationships, get some of the necessary feedback on how you can improve your game so that when you come back the following year, you know, you're good to go. Um, but when he said his heart was with the NBA, I mean, I, you know, I got a little bit concerned because I feel like depending on the feedback he gets, if there is a legitimate shot for him to go, I don't know, first two rounds, possibly depending on the feedback he gets, I wouldn't be surprised to see him gone. And, you know, it, even with a really big time recruiting class coming in, the loss of Hunter Dickinson is going to be substantial for Michigan because, for as good as he was his freshman year, he was supposed to be that much better this upcoming year. And my hope is that he is a phenomenal player, but there are some things that he's he's got to work on. And if you look at the way the NBA game is played nowadays, the big men, you know, a, a traditional big guy is kind of a rarity. Like the big men now are playing around the perimeter. They're taking guys off the dribble. They can handle the ball. They can do a lot of different things. If Hunter Dickinson goes into the NBA as is, I think he's going to get chewed up by some bigger body guys that are just you know, I hate to say it, just more athletic at this point. So I certainly think he can benefit from another year. My hope is that that's going to be the feedback he gets um, and that he comes back to Michigan highly, highly motivated to work on some of those things that he hears from, you know, NBA executives. Yep. So here, here's where I've come down on this. I, I agree with everything that you just said. And, uh, you know, I've seen a ton of people on Twitter talking about the same things. He's, he's, he's not athletic enough. He's, he's too, he's not strong enough yet. He doesn't have a right hand. He doesn't shoot from the outside. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. And that's first of all, partially true. I think he does have a lot more range than he showed this year at Michigan sure. past season at Michigan. He just didn't really have to do it uh, in high school. There's plenty of clips out there of him shooting from three point range and, and stepping out and hitting a little bit of a jumper at Michigan. He wasn't asked to do a lot of pick and pop or, you know, fade to the fade to the corner. He was, you know, get your butt in the paint, dive on the screen and roll and go get a layup or a dunk. I mean, like, and it, I mean, he was big 10 freshman of the year. What he did work pretty damn well. I do agree that he has to be able to work on his right hand a little bit more, especially in the NBA. You've got to be able to go over both shoulders. You've got to be able to finish through contact. All of that stuff would be dramatically improved if he came back to Michigan for another year. There's a big, but though, 
NBA executives, and, and Hunter Dickinson's not a lottery pick. So you're talking about a mid-round guy, maybe a late first rounder, maybe even a second round pick. I don't know. Maybe he'll get a maybe he'll get a grade that says he's not draftable. We don't know any of that yet. But my, my point is is that NBA players get drafted all the time when they're not ready. I mean, like that's the name of the game yeah. in the NBA. Guys are skinny and just athletic twig looking dudes. Like a, Giannis Antetokounmpo is like the prime example. He was like the 15th or 18th pick or something like that. Some dude from Greece that nobody ever heard of, long, lanky, and now he's like the best player in the league and can do, he just runs down the lane and yams on people. Like they're not yeah. even there. So he, Hunter Dickinson's <laughs> not Giannis. Don't, don't get my words twisted. I'm saying is that, Guys get drafted as developmental prospects all the time. NBA executives go in knowing that if they're picking outside of the top 10 or 12, there's a pretty big flaw in that player's game probably. They're not ready to step out and start right away or play big minutes. They're they're projecting. What are they going to look like in three or four years? Hunter Dickinson is a little bit older too. I think he's already yeah. 20 or 21 years yeah. old. So that, so that factors in a little bit. And, and I'll say this too. All it takes is one or two GMs to really like him and really think he's got a tremendous upside and a bright, bright future to say, here's here's the deal, Hunter. We pick at 22. We're going to take you. If you're if you're there, which we're pretty sure you're going to be, we're going to take you in the first round. That That's all it's going to take. And if he yeah. gets a first round grade or he gets told that by somebody, he should absolutely go. I yeah. mean, from his standpoint. Now, from Michigan's standpoint and from fans' standpoint, they want, like you said, uh, every GM in the whole NBA to be like, you, you blow kid. You need to go back. Like, that's what they want. Like yeah. they want some feedback that says you're nowhere near ready. We wouldn't draft you right now. And you know, like you said, that would, that would motivate him. I think in a big way, it's probably not what he wants to hear, but it might be what he ends up hearing. I just think back to how it went with DJ Wilson, you know, left a little early, like maybe a year earlier than a lot of people thought, but you know, thought he wasn't quite ready. He ends up getting a first round grade from the bucks. They drafted him and you know, that, you know, that that's how it played out. So, I still feel more confident saying he's coming back because of what the NBA is potentially and probably going to say to him. But after that story you published earlier, after I read that story you published earlier today, I think if he gets anything even close to what he wants to hear, he's, he's gone. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I took from it is that even though I, you know, I feel like it's a 50, 50 shot that he comes back at this point. And, and like you said, if, if there's GMs telling him, you know, Hey, we'll draft you, you know, if, if you're available here in the first round, we're going to take you. Of course, I would expect him to take that just as, I mean, you got to think of it. You're, you're a college kid, you're 21, 22 yeah. years old. And, you know, uh, Isaiah Livers, perfect example. I think I think Isaiah Livers took a look at the NBA last year, right, and then decided to come back. And then, you know, you have the situation with the injury, and now his future sort of up in the air as to mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And you see it in football as well, you know, with a guy like Jake Butt. You see, you see the same thing play out. So, of course, Michigan you, fans you are going to want him to come back because you strike, it's in, you'll strike while the iron's hot. There's exactly. No doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's in it's in our best interest for him to come back because yeah. we're Michigan fans and we want Michigan to, to do well. But if if he if it turns out that some of these teams think he's ready and are willing to take him in the first round, he's got to go. You got to take that. Yeah. And, and and to your point, you know, if or to a lot of people's point, if he comes back and spends a year with John Sanderson, gets stronger, maybe adds a few inches to his vertical, a little more comfortable with his right hand, can can show that he can step out and hit a jumper consistently, like that does improve his draft stock. But one of the points you made earlier is that Bigs like him just aren't, they're not the premium position in the NBA anymore. So no matter how good he gets and no matter how good he looks, 
he like that's just not like a premium top three, top five, top eight position in the NBA anymore. Guys that are getting drafted that high are, you know, elite and dynamic point guards and and athletic and dynamic wing scorers, like three and D guys. Like that's the NBA yeah. now. You know, guys who are six eight, six nine, and can do a little bit of everything, jump out of the gym type of thing. So I mean, there, there's. Don't get me wrong. There's a spot in the league for anybody who's really good at something. I mean, like you know, you can make a you can make a long list of guys who are undersized but can do this, or not super athletic but can do this, or can only shoot threes. Or I mean, like there there are, there's a spot for specialists in the NBA. But Hunter Dickinson is kind of a complete true five, and there yeah. just aren't that many of them in the NBA that can't, like you said, step out and play at the perimeter regularly. Right. Uh, I actually made a quick list and I don't know if you're not a huge NBA guy. I know that, but um, I, a list of guys that I feel like Hunter Dickinson can look at and be like, all right, if that guy's, you know, starting or playing big minutes in the NBA, I can too. Enos Cantor is one. He's a, a little bit undersized, 6'10", 6'11". So Dickinson's bigger than him. He's a phenomenal right. rebounder. Doesn't really step out and shoot very much. Not threes anyway. I think he can step out and hit a 12 or 15 footer with pretty good consistency. Uh, Zubots, I can't remember how to say his first name, but um, big center playing for the Clippers, I believe now. He was with the Lakers before. He is a true five. Doesn't play outside at the perimeter hardly at all. Bangs in the post. He's a seven footer. Aaron Baines is another one. Not super athletic. Plays below the rim. He can step out and hit a jumper pretty consistently uh tristan thompson is another one not a not an outside shooter at all not a good free throw shooter but really good on the boards can play around the basket a little bit more above the rim than dickinson but but again that that five guy who doesn't shoot i mean he he's he's never gonna pick and pop and shoot a three um and the lopez brothers splash mountain i don't know if you're aware of this but (laughs) probably one of my favorite nicknames and i love those guys um the one that plays for the for the as he play for the Bucks now, Brooke Lopez. I hope I'm getting him right. Does shoot outside a little bit, quite a bit more. Robin Lopez, the other one, plays for the Wizards. Does not shoot from the outside. But these are again seven foot guys, not super athletic, not flying up and down the feet, up and down the court, not playing above the rim. And then Stephen Adams for um, for the Pelicans. He is a he's a I mean he's a force. He he you know he would he would toss Hunter Dickinson into the fifth row. But but again. He's not a shooter. He doesn't step out and shoot. He bangs in the post. He finishes around the rim, plays good defense. Not the same kind of player, but but in terms of being a little bit more traditional, not the yeah. guy who's going to step out and shoot a bunch of threes, not a stretch five. So, again, there there are some centers in the league who are doing what Hunter Dickinson did for Michigan last year, but it's, it's thin. It's few right. and, and far it, between compared to what it was 10 or 15 years ago. And I feel like size wise, just based on where he's at and his growth right now, he's going to get bodied by a lot of these guys. So if he's matched up with the true center type guys that are, you know, not only seven footers, but they're just big, thick dudes who, you know, yeah. you, you mentioned Adams, you know, who have been in the league for a while that can just beat him up on the post or you're, you know, you get matched up with one of those, you know, six footers, six, nine, six, 10, six, 11, whatever that can take you out on the perimeter and take you off the dribble. I just feel like you, you had mentioned like a specialist, right? Like there's a place Mm -hmm. in the NBA for everybody. If you were to, you know, talk about Hunter Dickinson being a specialist, I'm not sure. That's it. You know, like where, where, where does he fit in among that? I just don't know. I don't know if there's any part of his game that he's developed enough to where you can Mm -hmm. say, yeah, he can do that. You know, Every, every single not every single, but I mean, it's widespread. Every every post in the NBA 
can do what Hunter Dickinson does. That's that's not a knock on Dickinson. I mean, he's a seven foot two freshman. He dominated in the Big Ten, had some outstanding yeah. performances. But like, you know, effective back to the basket guy. Not a super, not a super flashy athlete. Not. I mean, he's not a. He's not a. He's not even an outstanding rim protector, shot blocker guy. That just not. You know, he's a good positional defender. He moves his feet well. Sure, he blocks some shots. But when you think like shot blocking guy, like, you right. know, from the NBA's past or guys who are in the league right now, he's not really one of those either. So, again, not a knock on Hunter Dickinson's game, but you're right. He doesn't he's not going to come into the league and be immediately one of the like six or eight best guys at X. Like, that's just not that's yeah. just not what he is. So I'm with everybody out there. I think he I think he would really, really benefit from another year working with Juwan Howard, getting stronger getting tougher, getting uh, more versatile. But again, if, if a GM somewhere says, we'll take you with number 20, like, see you later, kid, go get paid to play, play in the NBA and, and live the dream, dude. I mean, like, I don't know how anybody could tell him otherwise, even if that doesn't mean, even if that means maybe not the best launching pad to your career. Sure. Cause you think about that sometimes and Dickinson's a very smart kid. I think he's got a pretty good support system from everything I've gathered about him. I, who knows if that would be a discussion if someone was like, look, man, you're going to go into the league and not play. Like, is that, I mean, what's be- what, what gets you better at basketball playing basketball? So yeah, yeah sure. You're going to learn in practice and you're going to learn, you know, from some of the best coaches in the world in the NBA and going against men, grown men. But you know, you'd probably get a lot better playing if you played 30 minutes a night in college too, against the big 10. So it's, yeah. it's a, and, and, you know, to be honest, a return to Michigan, granted, it's not going to lie in his pocketbook, but, you know, you're playing on a pretty big stage there, yeah. given, given you know, the fact that Juwan Howard's in town and how far they went last year, how much talent they have coming in. I feel like the Michigan basketball team is going to spend quite a bit of time playing on the national stage. And if he's developing his game, I, it just gives him a perfect opportunity to showcase how he's grown from year one to year two. And I think that's really going to be, you know, the springboard for him. But, but like you said, if, if an NBA exec says, Hey, we want you, we'll take you. He's got to go. Yeah, no, I don't think there's any question about it. So we'll see how that plays out. I should have looked this up before we started, but there is a date. I think it's in June. There is a date that they have to have that decision made. Okay. When is the draft? The draft is not very far off, so it's it's got to be coming up relatively soon. Maybe one of the next times Chris is talking, I can look that up and we'll revert back to it. But, um, but yeah, again, a little bit surprised that he drew it out this long, and then the decision was to go into the draft. I didn't even think it would get to that point, if I'm being honest yeah. with myself and how, kind of how I had talked about it before. But can't really blame him. Can't fault him. He should do it. He should check it out. You know, leave no stone unturned and find out what's happening, and then make his decision from there. I still have kind of like a just a vibe i don't know not really based on anything that he will be back you said you're are you right at 50 50 like you could see either way going yeah. right now yeah, yeah i'm right at 50 50 just based on the way he spoke in that interview it seems like his desire is to go pro it's really going to depend on what what type of feedback he gets yeah we'll see we'll see what he decides to do obviously michigan fans everywhere are hoping that he comes back but if he doesn't um, it's just going to open up the doors for some of these, these freshmen to play a lot more minutes that, you know, this is the number one class in the country for a reason. People think they're going to be really good. I mean, you, you'd much rather have Hunter Dickinson. I mean, there's, there's no, uh, there's no way around that, but it would be interesting to see what ends up happening. I'm trying to down, I'm trying to look something up real quick. I don't know if you can tell that or not, but anyway, um, I'm just going to ask this right out, Chris. 
put you okay. on the spot. You might lose Do a it. lot of fans right here. Oh shit! Do you dislike Tom Brady? Uh, as ah, a, no, uh-huh. no, no, I no, I don't dislike Tom Brady. I I dislike I dislike the uh, the portion of the Michigan fan base that clings to everything Brady does at the pro level. Because they're, you know, because there's not I'm much giving, else. I'm giving you the floor here. I'm <laughs> Look, you the floor. I, don't, I don't need the whole floor. I'm just saying there is, you know, there is a good portion of the Michigan fan base that absolutely loves Tom Brady, and rightfully so. I mean, he's he's done a lot in the NFL, but I think that there is, you know, part of it is just there's not a lot for Michigan football fans to be excited about. So if you can claim a guy like Tom Brady uh, in the NFL, who's the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, of course you're going to want to do that, but uh, no, I don't, I don't have any issue with Tom Brady. Why? Why do you ask? I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. If you stay zoomed in on me, you think I'm going to come clean? That's, that's the plan. It's not going to happen. That's I don't the mind the guy. No. Actually, I'm, I'm I'll just... be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I actually like Tom more in Tampa. I like, I like that he's letting loose a little bit. I like that he's busting balls. I like that he's a little more outspoken. I mean, you know, the the older he gets, the more I seem to uh, to gravitate towards what he's doing. I'm I'm excited just from the standpoint of I want to see how long he can go. Yeah, man. There, there's no denying, you know. What what he is able to do, what he did with Tampa Bay in year one, you, you just you can't deny it. And so it seems to me that this guy can play for realistically at a high level for another four or five years. So how much do you dislike Tom? No, I'm kidding. We'll come back <laughs> out of that. No, I <laughs> I'm just messing with you a little bit. I know you don't dislike him, but we've talked about this before. Like it's weird when Michigan fans are so quick to throw up like the success of an NFL guy. Like yeah. you, you've said it before. I uh, maybe I'm hope I'm not outing you here a little bit on this Tom Brady stuff, but you're like, I'd give away every Super Bowl he ever won. If Michigan would just win some national titles or something let, now, or I don't remember exactly. Let how me put, put it, it this but. way. Let me put it this way. I think this is, this will say it best. I would rather, I would trade Dwayne Haskins college career for Tom Brady's pro career. Does that make sense? <laughs> Michigan fans right now are just like <laughs> just punching. But no, the but, but Haskins is obviously that production is happening at Michigan. Yeah, no, I right? get but I, but I would right, gladly, right. you know, if you look at what Brady did at Michigan, it wasn't, you know, he was good, but it wasn't like he was, you know, a, a Heisman Trophy contender type player. So, you know, I'm I'm always more interested in what's happening at Michigan. If these guys go and do things at the NFL and they do it at a high level, I think that's great. But to me, I'm always more interested in what they do at Michigan. I'll paint it this way for people to just what you just said in another way. If if a if a Michigan quarterback did what Dwayne Haskins did, that would do more for you than what Tom Brady's done in the NFL. Correct. As a, as a Michigan fan. Correct. And I yeah, it's it, I'm I'm I agree. It's funny to put it that way and make you. It's funny. To, it's funny to say it that way, but I went there. I went there. Yeah, but no, I uh, like I said, I'm just poking fun a little bit. I know you don't actually dislike him, but we've had some, we've had quite a few talks about, you know, the. It's. I mean, it's cool. Like, it, it, and someone who covers a lot of these dudes from when they were in high school and then watching them at Michigan, and you continue to talk to them a little bit during media availabilities, and then they go on to the NFL and you see them drafted highly or getting a contract extension or succeeding at the high. It's really cool, but you're a hundred percent right from a strictly fan perspective. Like, I don't know how anybody would really care that much about what a Michigan player does in the NFL versus 
what they did at Michigan or what you, yeah, what you would, what, what you would sell your soul for to, uh, to have a Michigan player do a little bit more on, on the field in the winged helmet. I, I brought up just the Tom Brady thing to get you talking a little bit so we can just talk about this. If anybody out there saw it, uh, this this match golf tournament that they do, Mickelson and Brady will be taking on Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. And Brady put that poster up on his Instagram and said, like, two two champions versus uh uh a scientist and a Jeopardy host. Like just <laughs> blasted DeChambeau and Rodgers. Yeah. And, and and Brady's good at this. Like he's he's doing it in fun, but I I wrote it on just a small, stupid article about this because it was getting a lot of attention. You know there's a little shred of truth to it. Like he feels well, sure. like yeah, I'll just laugh it off, but really, like, I'd kill you if it meant we could win. Like, I just yeah. feel he's just such a – he's just, like, he's so competitive. You see it on the sidelines during games. You know, whether you like that kind of player or not, not everybody's into the, you know, getting in your own teammate's face and barking at him. Like, I I think you have to have that in a quarterback. I mean, maybe he's a little extreme sometimes, but shit, man, you win seven Super Bowls, you kind of reserve the right to do whatever you want. And I know he's had some really good things in place before, and – you know, he was with Belichick and the Patriots and the way they did everything. But like you said, he goes to Tampa and they win it. I mean, like, it in year one, you know, they've got a really good team and they've got a lot of talent, but like, uh, come on. I mean, it's, it's Brady, man. So yeah. I just wonder if you, uh, it, it, like, does this, does this kind of thing as a Michigan fan or so again, coming back to the Brady went to Michigan, but wasn't amazing. Now he's who he is. Does this make you want to like follow what he does during the off season at all? Yeah, I mean, he's I think he's become way more followable since he's been in, in Tampa just because he does a lot of interesting things. And I think he's way more outspoken now than he typically was in the past. Um, and the dude's just living the life, man. I mean, he you know, if you were I mean, just imagine what it's like to be Tom Brady on any given day. I mean, given what you've accomplished, what you've got going on in your life, it's just got to be. I don't know. It's got to be great being Tom Brady and it's, it's hard not to want to follow it. And the connection to Michigan does make it a little more interesting, but I don't find myself uh, personally always trying to point to his successes as Ooh. some way to validate Michigan, because I think it's just, I get why people want to do it, but to me, it seems, it comes off a little silly. It's a weird flex. It's yeah. a weird flex, man. It doesn't really do anything for me either. That's what we were just talking about. Will you? The, well, let's. It's it's the same argument where people bring up, you know, well, Ohio State quarterbacks don't amount to shit in the NFL, and it's like, who cares? Look at what they do on Saturday, yeah. Particularly against Michigan. That, yeah. like, that's what I mean when I say I would trade it. I would trade all of that on-field success on Saturday for anything a Michigan quarterback is doing in the NFL. It just doesn't mean as much to me when they're doing it not at Michigan. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's probably the best way to put it. What we've just yeah. got done talking about was yeah. When Michigan fans want to be like, well, at least you're not an Ohio state quarterback. Yeah, cool. They kicked Michigan's ass every time they played them, right. played in the playoffs, probably maybe won a national title, depending whatever, whatever. It just, uh, that, yeah, that is a weird, that's a weird way to try to have some school pride and stuff. It just doesn't, it doesn't really do it for me either. Are you going to watch this thing? This Brady, Brady Mickelson. I mean, like, are you in, I don't even know. Are you a golf guy? I've, we've never really I, talked about this. Before. No, no, I'm not a golf guy. In fact, uh, the last time I played golf, uh, I actually went out and bought all the, uh, all the attire and, and, you know, like the, uh, the, the shoes and the, the Nike glove you and talk to my neighbor. <laughs> so I, I got everything. I'm like, you know what? I'm getting older. I'm going to get good at golf. Like this is going to be my good late in life sort of thing. And, uh, 
I remember I was out on the course. My wife and my son had come with me. My daughter wasn't born at the time. And there was like a foursome of senior citizens behind me or no, they were in front of me. I was the only one golfing. So they, they offered to let me play through <laughs> and uh, the pressure of these four senior citizens. I, know where you're I just, going. I completely collapsed. And one of the old ladies actually shouted out. I think we made a mistake. Oh, and man. so, you know, at one point I just had to pick up my ball and like go a couple holes ahead because I was so embarrassed. That's yeah. That's, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, golf's pretty widespread. I would guess a lot of people that listen to us probably play. That is that dude. That's so funny that you, can you imagine trying to hit a drive in front of the galleries at the, no. like I would, I would, I don't even really get like super nervous about stuff like that, like performing a sport that I feel pretty comfortable, but that there's something about golf that just grabs you right by the, yeah. right by the nads, man. It yep. just makes you feel like a clown. And it's one of the craziest sports where I can literally like one hole. I'd be like, I could probably make the tour. I'd probably make the tour if I tried. <laughs> and then the next hole I'll shoot like an 11. Like, on the, you know, I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. And round yeah. to round is so different. And sometimes I feel like I can just crush it. And other times, like I can't even get past the women's tee. It's like, it's dude, golf is maddening. It's insane. Um, yeah. That's so funny that you bring that up. Well, I'll ask it to you this way then. I'll ask it to you this way. Maybe it's not golf for you. Maybe it's bowling or maybe it's just grabbing a beer or maybe it's a nice dinner or a glass of wine. I know you're a wine guy. Which, which Michigan athlete all time, so past or present, could still be with us or not, would you want to – I put play a round of golf with to kind of tie in this Brady-Mickelson against Rodgers-DeChambeau thing. But if it's not golf for you, then whatever. Which Michigan athlete all time would you want to spend some time with in a social setting where you could you know, pick their brain about what they've done or what they did or you know, any, anything like that? Talk about whatever you wanted to. So let's say you get two hours with this person. Hands down, Denard Robinson. Nice. Hands down. Okay. I mean, you know what? And I will die on this hill for as long as I'm able to cover Michigan sports and probably after that too. But the guy is just so underappreciated and undervalued for what he did while he was here. I think he is a victim of the era that he played in. But if you look at the numbers he put up, and I don't care if some of the games were against UMass, you know, you talk about some of the Notre Dame games. I don't care who the opponent was. What he did at the division one level is just, it's unreal. It's unheard of. You'll never see another Michigan football player finish in the top five, all time rushing and all time passing. It will just never happen again. And so he truly was one of a kind. He did a lot of cool things on the field. There were, I have personally a lot of cool memories of him from when I lived around the country, Mm. tuning in and watching the games and uh, would just love to pick his brain about some of those things. Not to mention awesome dude from from everything you you know just seems like a great guy yeah super fun to talk to always smiling obviously just a happy go lucky kind of guy uh, that's uh, you know he's one of the guys that I, he's one of the guys that crossed my mind I mean some of the obvious answers out there for people would be maybe Brady I mean he you know he'd be I don't get the, this is not really a knock on Tom Brady I don't get the sense that I would have like fun with Tom Brady, you know, like he'd be, he'd be cool. He'd be like a cool interview. I don't know if it would be like a social, this is my guy. I'm going to sit down and talk to him. You know, Woodson, I don't, you know, Woodson would be another one that you just see so awesome. And he was so awesome at Michigan and obviously was, you know, a hall of famer in the NFL, maybe the best cornerback ever to play. Honestly, he'd be in that discussion. So that would be, that would certainly be cool to talk 
to talk about anything with him. You know, dude, Rich Rod honestly popped into my head. I know people like, can't stand him. A lot of Michigan people can't stand him, but I think you could get some really cool stories out of him. I've heard he's like, I heard he likes to drink a beer or two. So, you, you know, maybe <laughs> that would, would be, be kind it of would fun. be a good chat. And that's, that's a good, um, it's, it's, great that you pointed it out because yeah you would think tom brady would be obvious but if i was sitting at a table drinking a beer with tom brady i don't know how comfortable i would be just like being myself and having a regular conversation with somebody on that level it would feel more of like i'm interviewing this person and it's like okay so what did you think about this you know and when i think about you know who would i want to sit and pick their brain it's somebody that i'd want to be relaxed with and just legitimately be able to talk about you know all things michigan so denard is i mean that's a great answer he Cross my mind as well. Um, I feel pretty lucky actually that I've actually I've gotten to do this before with Devin Gardner, which is really yeah. cool. He was, you know, he used to come on the radio show with Mike quite a bit, and he did the football one on one at a couple of the bars in Ann Arbor. So I would get to sit up there and talk with him, and that's always cool. He would tell some stories about you know, the stuff that happened in the locker room and team chemistry, and you know, this is what happened here, and this is what happened here. And so that's it's really cool. But and I swear this isn't this isn't sucking up. This isn't uh hoping he hears it and thinks that I'm like, whatever, but I think it might be Juwan Howard. I swear to God, like uh, I wasn't even thinking basketball. Yeah. I, I think, I think he, based on what I've learned about him covering him over the last couple of seasons, how he interacts with people, how genuine he seems to be. And the fact that he was like part of the fab five and you yeah. know, some of the, now this would be part of this would be part of the discussion too. How much can you dive into some things, and how much would they be willing to open up? Is this like a like a truth serum type of thing? Because yeah. he would have some stuff to talk about when it came to Chris Weber and the Fab Five and some of the fallout and what's happened to the program since, and now what he's doing and what it was like being a top flight recruit back in the day. Like I just think it would be really cool in a social setting to talk about. I'm also like a sneakerhead. He was, he was a, an exclusive Jordan athlete. He's got a lot of like <laughs> player edition Jordans out there that go for like, like massive amounts of money. I know yeah. when he, I know when he won the coach of the year award and they did the zoom interview with him, he had like that a backdrop. Yeah, yeah. That display behind him of all the Jordans, like in order, like, so I just feel like personally, there would be a lot I could talk to him about my first thought was it's got to be football, right? It's got to be like a football player. And I started going through and going through. And then I just was like, what about basketball? And Jawan came to mind right away. I think a lot of the fab five guys would be cool. I mean, I was a big, big Chris Weber fan. I know he's, you know, it is what it is with him and the program and whatever's going on there. Jalen Rose is like a TV personality now. So I just don't quite feel the same way about him as some of the others. Big fan. I like him a lot, but it just, it would have a little bit of a different feel. I think. Desmond Howard for the same reason he crossed my mind, but he's like an analyst now. It just, it just has a little bit of a different feel, but I think Juwan would be really cool. I think Juwan would be really cool. Anybody else pop into your head as we were kind of going through that, or, you know, maybe if you would, do you have, Oh, let me ask you this. Do you have, I, I would say another one that I think would be interesting would be Braylon Edwards. You know, he, the top receiver all time at the University of Michigan, he obviously did some big things while he was here. He went on to do some things in the NFL. He's had, a, he's also had a bit of a bumpy road and he's been, you know, kind of slapped on the wrist for coming loose about how he felt about what was going on at Michigan. And, you know, I would just, I would be interested to kind of pick his brain a little bit and, you know, 
get his thoughts on why he thinks Michigan has been struggling in certain areas, particularly given the position that he played and what's been going on with Michigan at that position. I mean, you really haven't seen a dude like Braylon Edwards in a very, very long time mm-hmm. suiting up for the University of Michigan. A guy who's a big guy can just go out and snag the ball. Um, and so, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind speaking with him about that for a little bit. Yeah. Another thing that's been really cool and dude, you're just kind of starting out in this and we'll see what it, we'll see what it leads to for the two of us and for the website and all the things that we might be able to get to do. Thinking about this question has made me realize that I've already gotten to do some pretty cool stuff. Like you just mentioned Braylon Edwards. Like I have sat down and talked to him before he was a guest on the radio show. He signed a football for my cousin who named his son Braylon after, (laughs) after him. I just was like, ah, I had a, I had a random ass old football in my trunk. I ran out and grabbed it real quick and brought it into him. Like, I'm not a big, I'm not a big autograph guy. I've never really especially since I've gotten this job, it's not something I've done, but but the fact that that situation was there and my, my cousin who I'm extremely close with had just had a son and named him Braylon. I'm like, I got, I got to do this. And I'm sure if I tell Braylon the situation, he'll think it's really cool. And he he did. He thought it was awesome. Signed the football, was able to give that to them. Um, Man, one of the most incredible experiences I think I've had when it comes to talking to Michigan, former Michigan players, people, whatever, was when Cassie Russell came to the radio station and sat down with Mike. And I, I think Mike is really, really good at interviewing people. It's just a, something that he's been able to kind of master over the years of working at the Wolverine and writing columns and writing longhand stuff for the magazine. And then he parlayed that into the radio show. And dude, like Cassie Russell, again, played – I mean, I, I don't I, I don't know anything really about him other than what I've read on paper because he played well before I was born. But just hearing, you know, it's the Chrysler is the house that Cassie built like that. Yeah. Like he's incredible, man. He was the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. This is so crazy to me. And I may have brought this up before. He told me he told us on that inter- during that interview that he found out he was the number one pick in the NBA draft on a payphone in Ypsilanti. Like <laughs> I was like, what like you know i know i know it was different back in the day you know it wasn't this big it wasn't this big production there wasn't it wasn't on tv they didn't bring all the top players to one place right in a a green room and do it like they do it now and and the money wasn't all that amazing either i mean you weren't signing like multi-million dollar deals or what even what the equivalent would have been but when he told like dude on a payphone in ipsy like what the hell how does that even happen how do you even find out about that just crazy, but he, he just had some amazing stories and just has seen so much and just was like a, I don't know, man. He just had a presence about him. Like, I know, I know I've never been around some of the most influential athletes of in history, you know, Muhammad Ali's of the world or Aaron Hank Aaron or, um, you know, Michael Jordan, some of these, you know, these guys that are larger than life, but Cassie kind of had that vibe and yeah. that, that was just that was an incredible time spending a bunch of a bunch of minutes with him in the studio and hearing all the talks that he had. So that was another thing I thought about with this question. Like, do I need to comb through the files and really, you know, go back at something, you know, like a Tom Harmon or like, yeah, you know, uh, Gerald Ford, you know, who ended up being, you know, like there, you know, right. there are some other ones that would be pretty cool to come up with, but you know, for my era, being pretty young when the fab five went through and knowing what they meant to college basketball. And then obviously Juwan is the coach right now. That, that's where I would go. I think, yeah. I, and I, and I think you'd have a really good time spending some social, some time with Juwan Howard in a social setting. 
if you could, what what would be like one of your most burning questions? I mean, do you have a, like a, a go-to that you've thought about with Denard? I mean, would there be like, dude, I, I got to know, or I, I need you to outline this, or tell me as much as you can about this this game or this situation or anything. I mean, is there anything you've thought about with that in the past? I mean, outside of, you know, I know what I think about when I look at his numbers and what the accomplishments are, you know, I just wonder, you know, what is it, what's it like being the person who did oh, that? Like, does that, does it register? Like, are, do you ever get to a point where you're like, yeah, I did that, but it's like, you know, it's just one of those things. And then the other thing is, um, really curious about how, you know, I know that an injury sort of played a part in him switching positions toward the, the latter part of his career. Um, and just, you know, I, Honestly, I thought that there was going to be a place we talk about in the NBA, how there's a place for everybody in the NBA. I thought there was a place for sure in the NFL for a guy like Denard Robinson, a skill guy like that, whether it's special teams, whether it's running back, even maybe, I mean, I, you know, people are going to kind of freak out when, when you mention him and Lamar Jackson in the same breath, right? Like I don't, I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson, but I do think there is a place for a dynamic playmaker who lines up under center and, and can throw the ball. And I know there's people that don't think Denard can throw the ball. That's, that's an argument for a different time, but would just like to pick his brain about that, about how, you know, that, how his career ended and that transition into the NFL and kind of what he thought it would become. You know, to your point, it wasn't that long ago. That's what I'm looking up right now. I can't remember what year he was drafted. Um, it was 2014. 2014. Yeah, maybe, so. the, maybe the 2014 NFL draft. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pulling it up right now. 2013. So 2013, 20, okay. 2013 NFL draft. So we're talking eight years ago. You're right. He's not Lamar Jackson, but I, I, I get where you're going with that. Even, even in, in a span of eight years, you can have that discussion in the NFL now, guys yeah. who are like, you know, an offensive weapon, scat back, you know, third down guy, maybe put him under center and see what happens. I, I don't know. We don't, we'll never know, you know, what could have been or what should have been, but you'd get a lot farther in that discussion now than you would even eight yeah. years ago. It's not that long ago, but it's long enough to where it didn't work. It, I mean, yeah. he's, out, he's out of the league in a couple of years and it just, he couldn't stick. And in today's NFL, you'd think like, yeah, that, yeah, he, there's a spot for him somewhere. Um, so that would be really that would be really cool. I've thought about that so many times, man. Like, dude, I love putting on like a VHS tape of me scoring like six points in a basketball game. <laughs> right. You know, like, damn, yeah. dude, look at me right there. Yeah, I mean, you you flip, you know, you flip on those Notre Dame games, you know, where in back to back games against Notre Dame, you put up over a thousand yards in offense, and it's just like, it, it, you know, like you did that. Like, did, yeah, like what was how, that when, like? when does that ever sink in? Right, like that first night game, that environment, you hit Roundtree in the end zone, and the place just goes nuts. It's like, yeah. I just want to know what it's like from that perspective, being the dude that was out there making it happen. Or the 87 yard touchdown run at Notre Dame, like, just, oh my, yeah. what, you know, just opened up and then there you go. You turn on yeah. the jets and it's, it's a wrap for everybody. Yeah, I mean, really the dude, cool. you know, if you were playing a video game, you want that guy, like that's yeah. the guy, that's the guy you want hands down for me uh, with Jawan. I would probably want to get into some of the CD stuff. You know, like I said, I, I don't know if, if, if it's a truth serum thing where he has to answer what I'm asking, that's a different. That's a different kind of evening than just shooting breeze <laughs> with them over a couple of beers or whatever. Right, but, yeah. but I would be really curious to see what he says about that stuff now. If you know, if he was, uh, you know, unfiltered and off the record and everything about what went down and what didn't go down and how was it and, 
you know, where are things at now with, with Chris Weber and the fab five and some of that stuff. I, you know, it's just, it was just such an iconic time for college basketball and Michigan was in the forefront yeah. of it. And, and the, you know, you still see, you still see some of it today. And obviously with him being the current coach, it just, it's, it's not going to go away. It's all right there. Doesn't I, it seem like we're, we're headed to a place where I feel like there's, there is a reunion coming up in the very near future. I remember there was talk about, you know, before COVID hit Juwan, I, th- I think Juwan was going to have Weber out to one of Michigan's mm-hmm. practices. And then that got squashed. And I know Weber and Rose have kind of had their thing when, when Weber was, uh, you know, when it was announced, he was going to go into the basketball hall of fame yep. and Rose interviewed him. And so it seems like some of those fractured relationships are starting to, you know, to, to mend themselves. Yep. And I just think, I think honestly, I think what Juwan Howard is doing is, is going to be the thing that brings it all back together because you can't help, but want to see him succeed. And if you are part of, you know, the fab five, it seems like you would want to come together for your brother and, and a guy who, by all accounts served as almost like a father figure to these guys. Right. Mm-hmm. He was, he was sort of the, you know, the voice of reason among the group and it, it's it, the it patriarch. Just, Good yeah, word. There, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it, and it seems like, I don't know. I just feel like we're headed in the yeah. very near future for a reunion and it's going to be cool to see it. It would be really cool. I know there's a, there's a big part of the Mich- Michigan fan base who doesn't want anything to do with Chris Weber ever again. And I, I don't, I think that's, I think that's too much. That's too yeah. much. That's too harsh. What happened was was not great. It, it, it you know it wasn't all. It certainly wasn't all on Chris Weber. I mean, I think you can make an argument. It wasn't on him at all. He was yeah. just kind of became the face of whatever went down and was you know a young kid that got caught up and whatever, whatever. But it would be really cool. It, there still is yeah. a huge part of the fan base that would love to see the Fab Five back together out on the court, you know, in in some sort of a ceremony or something like that. So it, it would be really neat. Um, real quick, just throw this up on. Uh, uh, from our comments, uh, let me get rid of this banner first. From that question, who would you want to sit down and have some have some beers with or play around to golf with? Jimmy Whitner throws out Big John Falk. Now Ooh, he's not yeah. an, he's not an athlete, so we're bending. Well, I guess Rich Rod is wasn't either, but yeah, so we're bending we're bending the rule a little bit. But yeah, he, you know, as someone who who was there for multiple ten years of different head coaches and was in he was in it, man. I mean, he was in there, you know, learning and hearing about everything. That would be. He could tell you some stories, and I got a chance to meet him a couple of times too. Never really, never really had discussions with him, but got to meet him and see him around the program, shake his hand. Um, a man who has seen a lot, no man, question about it. Yeah, he he could definitely tell some stories, probably more so than than a, a lot of people who did wear the jersey or or were you know officially part of the athletic teams. I mean, not that yeah. he wasn't official, but as a guy who took care of the equipment and kind of made sure everything ran smoothly, he wasn't. Well, he wasn't throwing passes. He wasn't shooting the ball, you know, but he, he certainly was around and would have a lot of cool stories to tell. Um, yeah, the list is, is certainly long. I'm sure a lot of people would have their own. I started thinking about, you know, friends of mine and my dad and different people in my family who might have a different answer than me. And there are, there are a lot of people that you could choose from. A lot of people yeah. that you could choose from. But no Chris question. is going with Shoelace. I'm going with Nuke. That's John's nickname. Everybody out there knows that, right? <laughs> They do uh, now again, back to the, uh, back to the player edition Jordans. Like he would do Jawan had some Jordans with his nickname on them, had J five on the back of some of them. Like I would like, Hey, Jawan, why don't you slide me a pair of them J's man? That might be another thing just, I could get into. Just get one pair, just a pair. <laughs> have them, I'll have them sitting right back here. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll toss every shack artifact I have out there for a custom pair 
of Juwan Howard Jordans, but I don't think it's going to happen. Probably not. Probably not. There you have it. Nice little discussion to send us into the weekend on this Friday. Chris, got anything coming up for our Memorial Day extravaganza coming up here on, on Monday? We don't – I mean, this is another thing in this job, in this line of work. There's not really like there, – there's no nine to five. There's no punch in the clock, but there really isn't like a true day off unless Chris or I get on the horn with each other and say, that, like, I'm not doing any work tomorrow. Like, yeah. that's the only way there's really a day off. Like. Memorial Day is cool, but like we'll we'll be working. If there's something that comes up, we'll be doing it. Yeah, I you mean know, the we'll... thing is, we, you know, we're always plugged in, but we're plugged into sports, and so it's yeah. like you know, it's hard to be really upset when you're, I don't know, constantly paying attention to the things you love. But uh, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing special, nothing too riveting. Probably more home renovation crap, and uh, yeah. hopefully the weather improves a little bit. Crappy um, today, yeah, yeah. Get the kids outside, but yeah, should be a uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll go to Home Depot, make a couple. Trips to Home Depot. Nice little Saturday. <laughs> and I'm yeah. dead serious. They're, they, as the return lady at the Walmart uh, counter, got to know me by first name. Now the Home Depot people are getting a, to know our whole family. There you go. Name, so there you go. Yeah, I don't know. We're not really getting into anything. It's nice, uh, Daddy Daycare. You can get a break from that a little bit. Our schedule is working out well, but dude, it's a. Uh, it's a long day. I, I am like counting down the clock to when my wife gets home from work every day so I can punch out and go like it. It's been bad the last couple of days because uh, because my kid, I don't know, he's just on one lately. He's like just crabby for some reason throughout the day, not really wanting to eat, sleeping kind of weird. None of that stuff was happening like a month ago. So now as soon as my wife walks in, I'm like out and I just like throw some <laughs> shoes on and get in my car and just drive around like that weird old guy who's everyone's like, what? What's he doing? Where's he always going? We're I'm going away from my family for a minute. Listen going. to your old mixtape mixtapes for a bit. Yeah, dude. Listen, listen, please, to some, you know? listen to some music. Just drink and eat some shitty food. Like just, just get just get mentally reset a little bit. But no, it's it's uh it's going good, man. Two sick dads just out here trying to make it. I did, you know that's kind of become like the unofficial name of the podcast in my head. That's right. I don't know. We sick. We Sick, like cool, not like we're you know, like you were sick the like yesterday. Kind a little of bit sick. of both. Yeah, well, you yeah, had some food, some some food poisoning or something, didn't you? Oh my god, yeah, I don't want to. We didn't even talk again. about that, man. Ooh, we'll talk about that on the next. <laughs> that, that's gonna that's gonna require a good twenty or thirty minutes just just discussing my recent food poisoning. I do appreciate you pointing out that there's only two rounds in the NBA draft. So for anybody there that's gonna <laughs> jump on my shit because I said rounds one and two, uh, that's that's you know, it. That's the whole thing. That's uh, it. It used to be a lot longer than that, but oh, that's been that way for quite a while. But anyway, tune in next time. We will hear about. Chris's food poisoning. We will hear about me sneezing. We'll hear about the Home Depot. We'll hear about uh, wallpaper, all that great stuff. The things that really matter. That's right. That's right. Things that make the world go round. WolverineDigest.com. Check out everything you need to know there. We will keep it plugged in and we'll, uh, we'll be back on Monday.